everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. This past summer, I had an opportunity to film a reality fishing show. It'll debut on the channel Destination America in October. You can Google it, silverkings.tv. I'm not the main star of the show. I am, however, one of the personalities. And for the first time in my life, while I was filming this show, I saw drones. In fact, the camera boat used drones extensively throughout this shoot. And the drones seemed to be behind me, above me, in front of me, capturing different images and recording everything we did on the water for two straight weeks. So... As I was out there sort of staring into the water and looking at drones, I came up with the series idea because drones are everywhere. A lot of people think they're really powerful, and I guess they are, and they can gain a lot of information. Well, our great God is present everywhere. There is nowhere where he is not. Not only is God present everywhere, the scripture says from cover to cover, he knows everything. God knows it all. And that's, wow, something to to really consider and contemplate. The Bible also says that God has all power. He's all powerful. So I thought, why not put together a study and call it drones and talk about the attributes of God because most of us don't really understand the nature and the character of God. In fact, I would say that the more deeply we understand the attributes of God, the more we can mature and grow and become the kind of people that God wants us to be. So the question is, who is God? For some of you, you're asking that question. For some of you, you're not a Christ follower. For some of you, maybe you were drugged here or manipulated to come to Fellowship Church. You need to understand, you need to know the God you're seeking. For others, you live in this secret denial, this secret rebellion, because it behooves you not to even consider the fact that God is everywhere, that God knows everything, and that God can do anything he wants to do. It's sort of scary. So you're turning from him. You're running from him. You know you are down deep. I don't know who you are, but you know it in your heart of hearts. And maybe you're in a hurtful habit. Maybe you're in a damaging relationship or you're into some toxicity. You need to know the God that you're trying to dodge. You need to know the God you're trying to shake. Others here have been believers for a long time and We need once again to discover how great and how awesome our God is. So I thought I would call this series Drones. Drones, they're everywhere. You know, I was thinking about drones and sometimes people have some bad things to say about drones and and I understand that. Some people have a hard time with drones and and they, they think about privacy issues, they think about voyeurism, but I thought about what are some things, what are some dynamic things that drones could do? Would you like to know that? 11 Ed Young's, 11 dynamic things that drones can do straight from the World Wide Web. Number 11, they can help capture weddings. 
You want to do a cool wedding? That scared me. Use a drone. Number 10, sell real estate. You get a better view of the property you're selling, the property you're looking at. It might help you make that sale. Number nine, it enables the paparazzi, the paparazzi to go to a whole nother level because they can see things now they just dreamed of seeing. Number eight, it makes sports look cool. Did you check out Johnny Football last night? Telling you, man, what was Jerry Jones thinking? Anyway, watching that game, I don't want to really know what he was saying, but anyway, you know, Johnny Football, what if a drone could have flown around and seen this guy in action? I think uh, he's a pretty, pretty amazing guy. Number seven, fight crime. You want to fight crime? Use a drone. A lot of the people, a lot of the agencies that fight crime are using drone. Number six, Put out wildfires. I can tell you're excited about this. Number five, monitor wildlife. Number four, I came up with these. Give me a break. Deliver pizza. Domino's, Domino's is already experimenting with this. You gotta show me some love here. Number three, transport medicine. Okay. This is one of my favorites. Number two, entertain nerds. I'm just saying, and we all have a little uh, nerd-esque quality within us, uh, some more than others, but a lot of times those who like collect drones and fly them all the time, they're a little nerdy. That's okay, nerds are cool. But number one, here we go. The most important thing, the most dynamic thing that drones can do, they can help me preach sermons. Powerful, 11 dynamic things that drones can do. Wow, drones, drones. Well, last weekend we talked about God is everywhere. If you missed it, please log on to fellowshipchurch.com because you won't understand the full gist of this message until you understand the fact that our great God is everywhere. Watch that. We have all of the messages archived for you. It's huge that you get this. For some of you, your next step in this series is gonna, say, is, is gonna be to attend this, obviously this week and own the message and understand the message and apply the message and also attend next week as we talk about God being all powerful. So that's your homework for some here. In fact, I would like all of you not to miss any segment or session of this series because something supernatural takes place when groups of people gather together to hear God's word proclaimed. And the Bible says we're not to turn our backs on the gathering together, we can clap better than that, on the gathering together of people in church because the only thing Jesus built was the church. He did not build hospitals. He didn't build schools. He didn't build parachurch organizations. No, no, no. He built the church. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Well, let's talk about God. Let's talk about God's omniscience. Say it with me. Omniscience. Once again, omniscience. Omni means all science has to do with knowledge. What does that mean that God is all-knowing? It means God knows everything from the past. He knows everything in the present. 
He knows everything in the future. You can't throw a surprise party for God. You can't shock him. God is not a learner. He knows everything about everything. God is the environment for the universe. God is everywhere and he knows everything. Notice right up front that God's God's omniscience is intrinsic. It's intrinsic, it's woven into the very fabric and framework of who God is. It's intrinsic, that's who God is. Not only is it intrinsic, it's infinite. And eternity lasts a long, long time. There's no way we can wrap our little pea brains, our finite brains, our minds around the mind of God. God surrounds us, he is around us, and many times he confounds us because we'll never understand his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Many times God is a mystery, yet he's revealed himself to us in this book. So God's omniscience is intrinsic. It's infinite, it's instantaneous. You know the scripture says that God knows the number of hairs on your head and mine? And most of us have an average of about 100,000 hairs on our head. God knows the exact number, 98,423, or 62,409, or 72. You know, he knows those numbers. And it's not like he has to Google it or look it up or go, I want, he knows, he knows. God knows, and for a lot of us, think about it, for a lot of people here, for me, for you, that really brings up some accountability issues. It really brings up some, some, some things in our lives. It's like, wow, I thought I could run from God. I didn't know that God knew that. There's no such thing as something on the DL or something on the QT from God. There's no such thing as a private conversation, a closed office door or a closed bedroom door. Everything is out in the open for God. All knowledge ever thought about ever conjured up even potential knowledge, God knows instantaneously. A couple of days ago, I flew out to the East Coast with Lisa, and so often I will teach and lead in conferences and talk about leadership and talk about the great things that fellowship is doing. I jumped on an airplane to fly to the East Coast. I didn't design the airplane. I don't know that much about airplanes. I trusted the engineers, whoever built this particular plane, I trusted them with their information, with their knowledge to get me from point A to point B. Have you ever thought about how you trust people's knowledge? I mean, you don't know, your knowledge stops, my knowledge stops. Airplanes, I don't know anything about airplanes. A driver picked us up at the airport. He began to escort us to our hotel. He, he had this really cool car, it was a Mercedes, you know, and I don't know how to design cars. I, I trusted him, I trusted whoever built this Mercedes Benz that took us from the airport to this hotel, and I'm like, wow, this is a, this is a nice car, and, and th- this guy, I guess I trust his, his information because he knows where he's going. We checked into a hotel. We had just a couple of hours before I had to speak. This hotel was a tall hotel, on the water, packed full of tourists. You walk into the lobby, you can smell sunblock, 
and you can see sunburn. I've never waited ever for elevators as long as I've waited in this hotel to go up to 18 floors. It's just, I don't know, they have a severe problem in this hotel. Anyway, I'm standing there looking at this elevator, 18 floors, I'm thinking, I don't know anything about an elevator. Who designed this elevator? Who built this elevator? Someone knows a lot about elevators, more information than I do, yet I trusted them and I packed in with all of these tourists, made it to the 18th floor, got off, Lisa and I walked to our room, opened the door, and we, oh wow, this is a cool room. We walked outside a little balcony, and I looked to, to my right with Lisa, then we looked to our left, and all we could see were like squillions of dots, people in the ocean, people lying out in the sun. There was a lifeguard competition going on. We later found out Def Leppard was staying in our hotel. You know the group with the one-armed drummer? And Kiss, they were there as well. They were doing a concert the next night. I mean, I was not speaking to that, but I'm saying to you, it was just a, it was a, it was a pretty cool thing. So I'm looking down, looking at all the sand, at all the tourists, and I'm going, whoa, this is, this is crazy. So I'm thinking about the lectures that I had to do the following, you know, several hours in the following days. And then I started thinking and reflecting on this message, the omniscience of God. Tens of thousands of people were on this beach. I mean, I didn't go down to the beach. I didn't have time. I wished I could have, but I didn't. And I thought, all these dots, God knows all these dots. He knows all these people better than they know themselves. He knows the number of hairs on their head. He knows what they're thinking before they think it, what they're doing before they do it. God knows it all. And the Bible says, talking about sand, talking about a beach community, that God's thoughts about you and me are more numerous than the sands on the seashore. See, I've got to, as I live my life, trust people whether it's driving in cars or flying in planes or, or, or using an elevator, I've got to trust people that have more knowledge than I do because my knowledge is limited. Your knowledge is limited. And you're going to tell me and you're going to tell God and you're going to tell your spouse and others that you're going to do life alone? The omnipresence of God, God is around us, he's surrounded us, he many times confounds us, and the omniscience of God. God knows it all. And he's still crazy about you. He's still crazy about me. He knows all of your shams, all of my shams. He knows why you're here today. You might be here because you're like, man, I'm single and I saw this girl last week. This girl, man, I'm telling you, she's hot. God knows if that's why you're here. <laughs> He knows if you're here and you're just kind of going through the motions. Well, whatever, you know. Man, that drone, I would like to have that. I wonder if I could buy that drone. Where'd they get that? Look at those lights. It's pretty cool. You're kind of just, you're out there. God knows that. He knows if you're leaning in. He knows if you're really serious about his character in nature. God knows it all. And again, for all of us, for all of us. He's crazy about us. Psalm 139, Psalm 139. This is the omni-chapter. God is omnipresent. He's omniscient. 
and omnipotent. Check this out. I love this, Psalm 139, verses one through six. You've searched me. The word searched, say search with me. Is the picture of someone digging for precious metal. God has searched you and he searched me. One time I had a CT scan several years ago. They scan your entire body. And after the scan, the doctors and technicians went over the scan with me. It was nerve wracking. You see your entire body and all these different images and they can flip your heart around and lungs around and say this and say that. And, oh yeah, you broke the ring finger of your left hand, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, I was in the second grade and this and that and you need to work on this now. You have heart disease in your family so you better watch out. It, it, it was amazing. They told me the good, the bad, the ugly about my body. Well, God takes a CT scan and that's like, that's like just nothing to him. You've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. God knows what we do before we do it. This is the fabulous five. Number one, God knows what we do before we do it. Also, God knows, number two, what we think before we think it. You perceive my thoughts. Look at verse three. Here's the third of the fab five. God knows where we go. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with some of my ways, most of my ways. No, no, no. Say it with me. All of my ways. Number four of the fab five. God knows what we say before we say it. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Whoa, that word you said to your spouse that word you said to your mom or your dad, that word you said to your boss, that word you said to that client, that word, th those words. So God knows what we do before we do it, what we think before we think it, where we go, before we go there, what we say before we say it, and look, the last of the Fab Five, what we need before we need it. Here's what David said, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge, here's, here's what David's saying. This is sensory overload, God. My brain is about to explode. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Let me stop here. I want you to work with me. Think about the omniscience of God. Go back to the 18th floor of that tourist hotel that Lisa and I stayed in for two nights during the conference. Think about all those people on the beach. Think about all the sand. God knows every one of those people. And he knows every person here. Every person you lay eyes on. Seven billion people on planet Earth. God knows them. He's never too busy. He's never like, well, I gotta put you on hold. He never goes, wait, let me Google that. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me go to my library. He knows it all about you and me right now. It's all instantaneous. So not only, and, and I want you to get ready to clap. Do your hands like this, because this statement is a great statement. Not only does God know everything, he has made himself knowable. God is not a detached deity. Jesus is not some sequestered savior. He's made it so obvious. Put the cards on the table. 
Are you ready for the next reality? Because you're not ready for this reality. You're not really ready for this reality until you're ready for the next one. All you have to do is say, God, I admit to you my wrongdoings, my sins, my shams, my cover-ups. And you're not going to surprise God. God's not going to say, whoa, I didn't know that. Thanks, Ed, for giving me the 411 on your inconsistencies, on your hypocrisies. You can't surprise him. As I said earlier, you can't throw a surprise party for God. He knows it all. And he loves you and he loves me. You know, it's really big in the world of technology now. You've heard about Snapchat. Anybody heard about Snapchat? The young people know it. Parents, they're like, yeah, don't, don't tell my parents about Snapchat. Please don't. Well, basically, you take a picture and you send it to someone else and poof, after several seconds, you know, the picture is gone. Now, some of the students are going, yeah, you can't say that if you take a picture. I know that. But, 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 that's, but that's the cool thing. Then our boy Mark Cuban, right here in Dallas, invented cyber dust. Same thing. But Mark has taken it to another level because with texting and with pictures, after a while, it's gone. Our God is not that way. He knows everything about you and about me instantaneously. If you knew, if I knew how many thoughts that God had about us, again, it would outnumber the sand on the seashore of the East Coast that I just saw. It's one of the most obvious doctrines in scripture. First Samuel 2, 3, the Lord is the God who knows everything about everything. First John three twenty, he knows everything. Psalm 147, five, great is our God and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Proverbs 15, three, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Now I could diesel on about the omniscience of God. I could go through squillions of scriptures and impress you, I guess, by the biblical knowledge and my theological knowledge of the omniscience of God, but I'm not gonna do that. You can do that yourself. What I'm gonna do is what Jesus did. When Jesus taught, he used 30% of his words for information, about 70% of the words for application. It's the so what principle. So what? God's omniscient. So what? So what? So what? So what? God is omniscient. I want you to write down just several things. Number one, God, and this is practical, I'll say it again, God knows all of our ways. He knows all of our ways. Let me give you the bad news first and I'll give you the good news. When I was six, in the sixth grade, my family and I moved to a home in the country on a dirt road. Across the dirt road was a, a little lake. That's where I fell in love with fishing, which is a passion of mine. And I think fishing is a biblical sport, as I always say. Most of the disciples were fishermen, and Jesus talked about fishing a lot. So, anyway, I love to fish. Well, I started with cane poles and then 
dad saw that I was really into it, so he took us to Kmart. I still have a soft spot in my heart for Kmart. They changed the name to the big K. I just don't like it. They should have stuck. I just like Kmart. There's something about, it just flows, Kmart. We're having a blue light special, blue light special. I remember all that. So dad took us to Kmart. I can see right now where the sporting goods section was in that store. And he bought us three rod and reels, little push button, you know, those little things. One for my brother, Ben, one for himself, one for me, taught us how to fish. And then he said, okay, guys, you have your own rod and reel. Be responsible for it. Here are your little tackle boxes. I'm going to put my rod and reel in my closet. And he looked at me specifically. He said, Ed, you can use it, but ask me before you use it. I said, yes, sir. A little while passed, a friend of mine came over. I said, let's go fishing. So I let him use Ben's rod. I had my rod, then I thought, I'm just gonna have another rod. I'm gonna get dad's rod and reel. Dad's gone, I'm just gonna grab it. So I went to his closet without asking him, grabbed his rod and reel, rode out in the middle of this lake, 30 feet deep was the deepest point, and, and it was in the, in the middle of summer, you know, one of those dog days. Africa hot. I mean, I'm talking about so hot, you wouldn't believe it. So I'm out there and we're fishing with minnows. I have a minnow on my rod and then I put another minnow on dad's rod and my friend was using a minnow. Minnows were the bait for the bass. All of a sudden, boom, on my rod. Whoa, got one, got one. Oh, here, he's jumping and I'm fighting this fish and I see something out of the corner of my eye. I see my father's rod kind of do this and then go over the side of the boat sinking to my shock and awe 30 feet down, down, down in those coffee black waters of the lake we were fishing. It was gone. I mean, am I gonna find the rod and reel? The fish is dragging it around everywhere. Gone. Get back, I'm feeling terrible. I have a case of the guilties. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. This is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. And weeks go by and finally I muster up enough courage to say, dad, I got something to tell you. I took your rod and reel and now it's at the bottom of the lake. And he looked at me, I'll never forget what he said. He goes, Ed, I knew you took the rod and reel. I knew it was missing. And I just wanted to wait to see how long it would take you to confess. I forgive you. Do you have any rod and reels at the bottom of your lake? Maybe your lake is packed with rod and reels and you think your father doesn't know about it? The Holy Spirit of God is pointing out those rod and reels, pointing out those lies, pointing out those immoralities, pointing out those inconsistencies, pointing out those harsh words, pointing out that selfishness, that's the bad news. (laughs) But the good news is God is waiting to forgive you and me. He's waiting to say, I forgive you because What is Jesus doing right now? People say, what what, what is he doing? Well, yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, he knows everything. But what is he doing? I'm glad you asked that question. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. 
Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he's all, he always lives to intercede for them. In other words, pray for them. Jesus, the Son of God, is praying for you and for me right now. So he's everywhere, he knows everything, and is praying for us. Because we know the enemy, the devil, Satan himself, is accusing us. But we know the man. God knows all our ways. Also too, God knows all of my wounds. He knows all of my ways, God knows all of my wounds, a practical thing. You might be going through a divorce, Maybe you're fighting through depression. Maybe someone in your life has just passed. You know, we had one of our volunteers who recently lost a son. Maybe you've shed tears over being betrayed or hurt. Maybe you've shed tears over some situation and you think no one knows. Psalm 56, eight. You have taken account of my wanderings and you've put my tears in your bottle. How about that? There is a bottle somewhere that says Ed Young's tears. That's how intimate, that's how aware, that's how much God loves you and me. Another thing is God knows my secret works. Do you ever get weary and well-doing? Sometimes you're like, I wish people saw that. I mean, I've really sacrificed. I've, I've really written a big check for me or, or I've, I've really served and I really shared with that person. I wish people saw that. I want people to give me the love. Show me the love. And guys, especially we're like that. Those of us who are married, it's like, well, I'm, let me speak for myself. I have a hard time doing something good for Lisa without bringing attention to myself. That's why I've written a song, guys, I would encourage you to learn. So whenever you're working or serving or helping, just sing this song. Working, serving, helping. Bum, 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 bum. Helping, serving, working. Or sing this one, a helper I will be. See, I'm cleaning the house. A helper I will be. I'm taking the trash out without you asking. Hi-ho, the Dario, a helper I will be. I think it's biblical. Didn't Jesus say that? <laughs> to draw attention to yourself. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. Here's what he says. Your father who sees what is done in secret, Matthew 6, will reward you. God sees it all. He knows it all. He loves us all. We've never locked eyes with someone who does not matter to God. One question. One final question. Just think about this just for a second. When was the first time in your life you felt really and truly loved? Think back. First time, first time. Oh, it was in the seventh grade when that girl, okay, good. Or when my father, after that incredible catch, looked at me and gave me the thumbs up. Or, or I was at a church service and I felt ambushed by the mercy of God. 
Think about it. First time you ever felt loved. I guarantee you two things were in play. Number one, that person who loved you knew you intimately. They knew you. Secondly, that person accepted you. They knew you, warts and all. They knew you, wayward ways and all. And they accepted you. That's what our great God has done for humanity. For all 7.1 billion of us. What? I ask you, what is your response to our omniscient God? Dear Heavenly Father, so many of us are from different situations, different backgrounds. So many of us have attended fellowship today with different hurts and habits and hangups. Some are on a roll. Some would say, Ed, I'm in just a deep, dark hole. I believe there are many here who need to say, God, I believe and I know that you know me and I believe that you've accepted me because here's the great news. The great news I can tell you is God has accepted you by sending Jesus to die, to rise, to ascend just for your sins, just for your wayward ways and my wayward ways. He's accepted us, but the question is, won't you accept him? Well, and how do I do that? You do that by making a decision to simply say, and you can say this right now, where you're seated. Jesus, I give my life to you. I believe in you. I believe you're present. You know everything. I confess all of my rod and reels at the bottom of the lake. You know about them. I own them. I believe you took them and you've forgiven me. And right now, I acquiesce and ask you to take control of my life. If you did that, that's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Others here need to really walk because you know the Lord, but you need to really walk in a sense of God knowing it all. Knowing what you do and think and go and say and need, but also knowing within his sovereignty that he's given you and me a choice. And let's choose, won't we? Let's make the decision to choose to go God's way because God's way is the best way. So Father, we give this time to you. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. 
You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.